1: And John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365.
2: And a good Tuesday morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming in bright and early with the Mac and Mac guys. Here on Birds 365 after a hopefully nice, lengthy, relaxed Memorial Day weekend. We're back and ready to talk football and actual football on the field. OTAs, Eagles this week. Oh, we got plenty to do over the next two hours. Johnny Mac, how was your Memorial Day weekend?
3: Uneventful. So I got you beat. You got to work too much. Some, uh We won't talk about it, but... Uh, oh, we can yeah. talk about it. I got no uh,
2: problems. I want to thank uh, who's my guy here? Fred Weber who just streamed in and said, wakey, wakey, Jody. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Oh, I've been awake for three hours. Uh, wakey, wakey, not an issue today. When the police come knocking on your door at five o'clock in the morning, it kind of gets you up and ready for the wow. day. Yeah. yeah.
3: They were bound to they were bound to catch up with you, Jay, <laughs> at some point.
2: <laughs> they weren't looking to catch up with me. They thought they were, but they weren't. Uh my daughter uh, had her car stolen in Philadelphia last night and uh, whoever took it went on a joyride and crashed it and other cars and everything <sighs> else. So they got the uh vehicle identification number and my uh, Joseph McDonald the uh, New Jersey so the uh, police in my town came knocking on my door at 5 o'clock in the morning and said, hey, do you know your car's been stolen? I said, no, there are two cars right there in the drive. Oh, my daughter car. Oh, yeah, I and you got to deal with all this stuff. So I'll be talking with insurance agents and repairmen uh, for the rest of the day when we finish this up. But, oh, I've been up for hours. Don't sweat. It hey, wasn't Jody Mack missing the alarm this morning. No, 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 no. I've been ready to go for several hours here on Birds 365. And yeah, we got a lot of to get into. Um, OTAs begin today for the Philadelphia Eagles. 30 of the 32 teams started last week. The Eagles and the Bengals push it back and they'll get underway today. Three days of workouts, actual team activities. They were together as team last week, but that was just phase two. No team, no from the line of scrimmage, all just drills and exercises and weightlifting and the like. What do the Eagles need to accomplish the next three days here, Johnny Mac?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, uh, uh, this is what we kind of talked about. You you give the Eagles the benefit of the doubt. But uh, look, I mean, it is what it is. They have six OTAs, as you mentioned. And this is phase three, which is basically uh, no live contact, obviously, um, at at all permitted during the offseason. But this is the first time you can have team drills, 11 on 11, if you want seven on seven, nine on seven. So all that kind of typical training camp stuff, um, you know, but they're only doing six of them. You can do 10. Um, and, and they don't have a mandatory mini camp. One of two teams, um, them in Cincinnati are, are the only two teams not having mandatory work. Um, you know, they're, very cognizant, particularly of, of soft tissue injuries, particularly ramping up. You add into it, very long season. Today's also, I, I believe, it's a good day to have Russell Baxter We don't have Russell today, but he's the numbers guy. I believe it's 100 days away from the NFL season today. Um, it, time goes quick when you go to the Super Bowl, man. So it is really a shortened off season. My only concern is this again you give the Eagles the benefit of the doubt because how well it worked out last year they they used the same since Nick Sirianni has gotten here they they've scaled back the off-season work but this year they're they're counting on more young players and young players you got to get up to speed Jason Kelsey was on this podcast you know he and Travis are one of the two of the few players that Say hey, we love Thursday games because we don't practice, and the, you know. But they're better in players. They know it. You're not teaching Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey anything. They've seen everything. So for them, yeah, meaningless off season work. Meaningless, and I don't say that lightly. I mean, it's not going to factor into them at all, at all. um Probably just save their bodies a little bit. Um, young players. I don't know. I don't know. And this is not, this is It's still a veteran laden team. You know, I'll say the same thing about Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Lane Johnson, not concerned at all about those guys, but you know, you need Cam Juergens to step up. You need Nicobe Dean to step up. You need Jordan Davis to take on a bigger role. You need rookies like Sidney Brown and Jalen Carter to take on significant roles. Could have, Could it affect them? Maybe. I mean, uh, you know, they're they're they have to count on more younger players this year than last season.
2: And the other thing about the Eagles, and you know, I was a guy who sat here and questioned their whole less is more theory of off season work, but you're right, I've got to eat it and I got to give the Eagles every (laughs) benefit of the doubt because. They turned it into a Super Bowl appearance with a tie game with 59 minutes and 50 seconds to go. So how can I sit there and go, Yo, I told you the Eagles did it wrong. No, they did it right. It worked for them. Will it happen again this year? Or only time will tell, and we'll evaluate it at the end of the season. But coming into it, you go, all right, the Eagles going to do what they're going to do, and I can't double – I can't second guess no. what they're doing. But there are some differences from both Nick Nick's first year and, and last year going into the season. They are having a roster turnover here, John. And we knew about it. They knew about it. They said it was actually a strategy that they would get compensation picked for because they knew they were going to lose as many free agents as they did, which they did, which means new guys are going to be tasked to play. Some of them were here as Eagles last year. Some of them played some. Some of them played sparingly at best. Nicole Dean. And others have seen their roles filled by guys coming in from the outside who have never been a Philadelphia Eagle before, never worked with this coaching staff before. We'll see if there's a talent drop off. We think it's apparent at some positions like Nicholas Morrow at linebacker. We'll see about the addition safety and the safeties that they brought in replacing. Both uh, Epps and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, you believe the plankinship's going to step in and be able to win a job, but he's got to do that. He's got to win at first. I don't think it's just handed to him. There's roster turnover on this team, and you've got two new coordinators. That's what happens when you go to a Super Bowl. You lose important members of your coaching staff because other teams want their services. So it is, it, even though we judged the success the Eagles had last year, which was outstanding, You also have to say, well, how much different is this year going to be? How much do they need to incorporate new players and new verbiage and schemes and everything else? It isn't just like, all right, roll the footballs out, and it's the same exact Eagle team that lost the Super Bowl by this much. No, there's been some significant change here. So they got their work cut out for them, and they got work ahead of them.
3: Yeah, I agree, Uh, you know, and that's what I said with, you know, counting on more young players and and the coordinators you brought up as well i should have mentioned that i mean you're you're also look i don't think there's going to be significant changes on either side of the ball from a philosophy or a schematic standpoint obviously brian johnson was already here um so he understands what this offense is sean DeSai was brought in because of, of of his history with this particular defensive philosophy Um, so I don't think there's going to be massive change, but we've already seen one change, you know, when you move from coaches, just terminology, everybody said, well, the terminology is different because Sean is, is, has been in different places and is inserting different sort of, um, um, you know, keywords for each particular defense, the same defense, but you know, all of a sudden you got that tick, maybe you take, Oh, that's, you know, that's not the same as it was under um, uh, uh, a name we shall not mention moving forward <laughs> because I'm tired of it. Um, but the fact that Sean Desai is uh, a new defensive coordinator and you have so many new pieces, I'm a little bit more concerned with that side. At least on the offensive side, you're talking about two players, right? You're talking about replacing Miles Sanders and replacing Isaac Sayamalo. Um and maybe have some competition at the third receiver spot, um, uh, but it's pretty solid when you look at a typical NFL team when it comes to turnover on the offensive side, defensive side, five starters. You know, you can debate how good T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White, Marcus Epps are. You can debate, you know, the playmaking skills of C.J. Gardner Johnson. You can debate J.J. Hargrave Hargrave versus Jalen Carter, but that's a lot of change. That's a lot of turnover. And different defensive coordinator, which people think they want, and we'll see if they want it when they see it. Um, but Sean Desai, it's got to be classroom, you know, because they're not going to be on the field. Um, so you mentioned Reed Blankenship, second-year player, Nicobe Dean, second-year player. Nicholas Morrow's a veteran, but he's new to this particular system. Jalen Carter, obviously a rookie. Uh, Sidney Brown, a rookie. Terrell Edmonds, new to this system. It's a lot of lot of teaching to do.
2: Right, a lot to incorporate with a new defensive coordinator. Might not be a different philosophy, but verbiage – players there's change there and it's something Eagles are going to have to get the work on and they'll start today uh quickly do you guys get any access to the player during OTAs or is that completely no uh,
3: Thursday um uh, they have to open up one day a week so we're going to get uh over the next two weeks one day this week which is going to be Thursday and one day next week which obviously we don't know yet um, and this is the time of year we get to see the whole practice. So, uh, uh, we'll get to see, um, a significant portion of, you know, what they do, which isn't much, but, uh, at least you'll see Chandler hurts throwing the football. That'll excite people. Uh, obviously you're not going to learn too much about offensive defensive linemen because there's no contact running backs. There's no contact. um, but you can get a little feel for, um, you know, the seven on seven guys, the quarterback, the the receivers, the defensive backs. You can get a little bit of feel for them. Uh, everything else, you know, they've scaled back so much, it's tough to get a handle on it. So, you might uh, see some of the quickness of Jalen Carter because he just, you know, explodes off off sort of film with his quickness. You might get to get a feel for that, but not much. I mean,
2: and that will be Thursday. So Johnny Mac will be back with all his insights on Friday, Uh, but we'll get reports uh, out of there the next couple of days, even though it won't be directly. uh, I eyeball uh, reports from you guys because you're not allowed in until Thursday. All right. uh, One other topic I want to hit before we punch up our first guest, our Bud CBS Sports' is Jeff Kerr. You know, John, last week on the show, early last week, I said kudos to the Eagles fans because uh, those here on our stream, the callers I get to WIP and on my social media, the and cry for Devontae Adams was less than I actually thought it was going to be because he was talking about not being happy and the philosophy of the team and his buddy Carr no longer the quarterback. and. He certainly was planting some seeds that he might not be the happiest camper in uh, Las Vegas. So usually when that level of a talented <clears> player <throat> starts to hit the rumor mill, could be available, everybody. And the Philadelphia Eagles have interest. The Philadelphia Eagles should have interest. The fan base says it's Howie season. Go get him, Howie. We need Devontae out. And there wasn't that big a buzz here from the Philadelphia fan base, which I appreciated because – They're not getting Devontae Adams. Not only does he have a contract that would be very difficult to deal with, as you continued to harp on last week, and you were right, there's only one football. And you've got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and Jalen Hurts running the ball. You can only, uh, unless you're going to move it three yards at a time down the field every single play, three and a third yards and get 10 yards every single, they're not going to be enough plays to go around to make a guy like Devontae Adams happy so rightfully so the eagle fans didn't start the devonte must be an eagle chant um this last couple of days a player of devonte's level below but not far and at one point i thought he was the best wide receiver in the entire national football league a good couple of years ago but uh, deandre hopkins released by the arizona cardinals so you don't have to pay the price that you would have to pay to acquire the player like they did with devonte adams he's a free agent because i went to any team he wants and he did go on record and listed five quarterbacks he'd like to play with, one of which was Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles. So the, yes, we should be getting uh, DeAndre Hopkins here, a little louder cry than Devonte Adams. I'll put it to you this way, Johnny Mac. Percentage chance DeAndre Hopkins signs with the Philadelphia Eagles
3: uh 2% two percent chance um okay good uh, i i it's you know, gonna be
2: below five myself i might yeah. be three but uh we're we're in the exact same ball yeah bar.
3: um that's the bigger test your Devonte adams i'm not as impressed because that wasn't that was really just you know somebody popping off and i think everybody understands that you know if he's not the best receiver in football he's certainly top five and you know, it would cost so much to get him from a trade standpoint and he's not getting released. Now this is a guy on the street. So that's right. the bigger test he's available. And I think there, you know, I, I don't know about you and you've been on the radio throughout the holiday weekend, but I've gotten plenty of people already. Let's go get the Hopkins. And I'm like, I, you know, and I I've started my hashtag. No, because I get this so much. It's, and, and 95% of the time it's no, it's no, it's no with the big name, the big name trap, the big name test, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's not always no, but in this particular instance, it's, it's pretty hard. No, because, and, and it got further fueled because DeAndre as you mentioned talked about five quarterbacks he'd like to play with on, on the, I am an athlete po- podcast with, with Brandon Marshall, I believe. And, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts was obviously one of them, as he should be, by the way, coming off a runner-up MVP season. But you know, I mean, I would say, you know, I'm, you, all right, I'd like to take Margot Robbie out. So what? I, yeah, uh, uh, who, who cares? Uh, you know, he likes the player. He'd like to play with him. He'd also like to get paid. He considers himself one of the best receivers of football. Still, now he's had two seasons where. Uh, injuries and issues of that nature. So here's here's all the hurdles you would kind of have to pass, Jody. Uh, you would have to uh, uh, DeAndre would have to you know take a discount to go ring change m- ring chase. Uh, so say one year five million. You really think that's going to happen? He'd have to be okay with getting a Quez Watkins level of traffic uh, from a standpoint of. Now, he's a little bit better, so you can argue, well, there's a little bit of an uptick, but he's the wide receiver three, and if he's not the wide receiver three, he's a five-time all pro, why the hell isn't he the wide receiver one or wide receiver two? I really think this is a, whether you want to call it fantasy football mindset, when you whether you want to call it video game mindset, you know, on Madden, nobody's harping. You can add, you can build your own team. You can have all the players you want. Nobody's complaining. In real life, if you have a five-time All-Pro and you say, hey, DeAndre, you want to come play here for a pittance from what you can get elsewhere? And by the way, Kansas City wants them. They've already talked about trading for them before he got released. Buffalo might want them. They're Super Bowl contenders. They could offer a bigger role. And therefore, bigger money. Two percent.
2: Yeah, it might be three, but we're in the it's same milk. exact ballpark. It's my milk. Two percent, baby. I will. I will. Uh, although all the factors certainly are going to come into play, the biggest one for me is, and if I said this once, I said it five times over the last three days. He's going to get paid. I nothing that DeAndre Hopkins has said to me that he's a ring chaser that he's a guy who's desperate to get himself a Super Bowl ring. I think he wants to play with, shockingly, the quarterbacks he threw out there that he'd like to play with are the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Therefore, their teams are the best teams. So, oh, he wants to go play for a good team. No, he wants to play for a good quarterback because he wants the ball a lot. He wants to get 100 catches. He wants to get 1,400 yards. He wants to get 20 touchdowns. He's not coming here for $5 million because, ooh, the Eagles give him a chance to win a Super Bowl. I don't believe that for a millisecond. No, I think DeAndre Hopkins is still in his major earning stage of his career. He was scheduled to make $14, $15 million this past year for Arizona, and over which he got a whole big signing bonus. So you already got that money. So we're not going to start a GoFundMe page for him. But my read from the outside is DeAndre Hopkins wants to get with a good quarterback. But if it comes down to a top five quarterback or a top half of the league quarterback and in one place he's going to make five million dollars and in the other place he's going to make 15 million dollars oh deandre hopkins is going to end up end up with that middling quarterback because he's going to want to get paid and the eagles are in better cap shape than the chiefs or the bills or a couple of the other teams that have been put out there how he's not going to spend that on a third wide receiver Howie is so ingrained in value as per roster and where you do spend and the balance to the amount that you spend. He's not going to lay out $12, $13, 14000000 million. No. And no. he sure as hell can't do one of his famous Howie deals where he goes, five years contract years disappear. Because, yes, right now the Eagles are in good cap shape. <laughs> they can get in bad cap shape real fast because of the some of the contracts they have. Not happening. Don't get no. overly excited. DeAndre Hopkins not coming to the Philadelphia Eagles. And the biggest reason is he's going to get paid somewhere else. He's no. not going to get the kind of money. That... Now, if
3: he's still on the street and somebody gets an injury at OTAs, then it's a different conversation. And by somebody, I'm talking about Devontae Smith. Brown or Smith. The
2: high ankle sprain you're talking?
3: No, no, I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about Achilles. I'm talking about something significant. Then everything's on the table. Um, other than that, no. You can't just spend the money you're going to need for, as an insurance policy and say, well, in case so-and-so gets hurt, that's another thing I hear all the time. Well, you need insurance. That's not realistic. Yeah, you'd love it. You have 53 roster spots. I talk about roles all the time. Wide receiver threes have roles. You don't have wide receiver threes as insurance policies for your two all-star receivers in front of them. You can't have everything. Nope.
2: And DeAndre Hopkins is one of the things our Eagle fans, Philadelphia will not be getting. All right. Uh, first time out of the day here on birds 365. I see Jeff Kerr in our waiting room, ready to jump aboard. we got a bunch. We got to talk to Jeff Kerr about. He's next here on birds 365. Go, go,
4: go, go, go. go to ocean for our fifth birthday. Go for the parties and the payouts. Go for the dining and the unwinding. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the win. Go,
5: go,
6: go, go, go It's Shiver, okay? we gonna party like it's Shiver,
7: do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
5: For the big story on Action News. Search
7: 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
5: Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently.
2: Go first.
0: Did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So, go to writer, go to the Mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it.
8: Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh
9: huh. Put E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles.
2: Appreciate you streaming in on this Tuesday morning after a nice long Labor Day weekend. Uh, Excuse me, Memorial Day weekend. You got Birds 365 with McMullen and McDonald. And we are joined by Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com. How was your Memorial Day weekend, Kerr? Oh, it was good.
10: Uh, as a racing fan, I got to see my favorite team win the Indy 500 and the Coke 600. So it's been a great weekend for me.
2: You spend time watching racing.
10: That's all I do, Jody. That's what I do in the all season.
2: Football, bowl- racing, bowling. That's your life is what you're telling
10: us. Oh, base, baseball, basketball, too. Baseball, basketball,
3: everything. You yeah, are I, well-rounded, I, Jeff Kerr. i got to cut it off at some point.
10: Uh, I, 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 I can't. I, I don't get enough of this stuff.
3: F one racing is very popular now because of the Netflix show. I guess I, you know, I, right. I it a Premier Cup, I, I uh, Premier League, I kind of enjoy, but I don't really understand it. But I, I got to cut it off at some point, Jeff. God bless you. Well, Game seven, I was excited by that, but it was over pretty quickly. Oh, and, I enjoyed
10: um, that. I enjoyed that because still the Boston Celtics haven't won anything more. Than the Sixers have. They just went around further. That's it. Yeah, they, that's
3: why they play the games. By the way, to all reporters out there, and you can uh, double down on this, Jeff. Stop talking about logistic stories. Oh, Miami's—they're—they're oh, yeah. uh, uh, they're not flying back. They're so cocky. They're making uh, plans to travel uh, to Denver. Yeah, duh. That's what you do. That's he, what you—you you did this. Oh, oh, we won. Oh. Crap, we got to get travel plans. Yeah,
10: th- 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 that's not how it works. But every stick in here, we
3: have these stories. It drives me insane.
10: I saw the two silliest tweets about this one was the Heat flying the Denver, and two, our buddy Elliot um, saying that no Boston or the Lakers in the finals. It's going to be terrible for the ratings. I hope the ratings skyrocket because of this. God bless, skyrocket. Elliot. God. Uh, we,
2: we shall see um, yeah. as far as the whole logistics thing uh, both of you guys help me out my memory is fading failing um, Frank Reich off the Buffalo bench greatest comeback in postseason of all time Who, was that against the Houston, Houston Oilers does that yeah. go back far enough to be the Houston Oilers um, my buddy yeah, Glenn Warren Mackinac. Moon right yeah Yeah,
10: that was against Warren Moon in the log Park round 92
2: my buddy Glenn Macnow was in Buffalo in the press box and the Buffalo uh uh excuse me, the Houston uh PR guy or the scheduler or everything, very loudly was making plans for the next week's game. And all the Buffalo guys are sitting there and listening to them. Yeah, we'll take flight. And man, when Buffalo came back. He said, I never saw someone shrink in a press box like that guy did. <laughs> he, he couldn't get far enough underneath the desk because everybody was passing snide comments. As well. How's that plane schedule working for you there, Jeff? Whoever it was. Uh, But but we digress. All right, Jeff Carr, same question I got for you that I asked John McMullen. Percentage chance DeAndre Hopkins becomes a Philadelphia Eagle? I'll
3: go 30. Oh, you're Whoa. Much more than me and Johnny oh I was at 2%. I, did three. I, I
10: don't think he's coming here. There are too many teams that, A, need a receiver, and B, there are enough Super Bowl contenders that could use him. Kansas City, yeah. Buffalo, Baltimore. I, I'm sure him and the uh, – by the way, that was another story that kind of drove me nuts this weekend. Jalen Hurts is following DeAndre Hopkins on Instagram. Yes, so is Josh Allen, so is Patrick Mahomes, so is Lamar Jackson, so yeah. is Aaron Rodgers. There are a lot of people following DeAndre Hopkins. They're all buddies.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it was uh, Jokic uh, was talking about social media. Get the hell off social media. Stop. stop! Uh, the only people on social media should be people that need to be there for their jobs or, I mean, it, it, it's poison. And and part of that is now players have at times used social media to express disharmony with their organizations. You know, the famous, oh, so-and-so took uh, uh, the logo off all their social media to indicate they're they're angry. Oh, yeah. Um, but as far as players following other players, yeah, I mean, big shocker, they're friends. And uh, when you're a star player like DeAndre Hopkins, but I'm more interested in the 30%, Jeff. What, how, how are the Eagles making A.J. Brown to Bonte Smith and DeAndre Hopkins happy if Howie Roseman can get this 30% uh, deal done. I mean, how how is that going to work?
10: Well, that's the thing. You're not going to make all three of those guys happy. But I think the 30% comes from all the stuff he has said he wants to go to. A stable front office, a winning culture, the Eagles, a good defense, the Eagles. Oh, and he mentioned Jalen Hurts second Of all the quarterbacks, he wanted to play with Josh Allen was first, by the way. But just because all this is possible, and the Eagles do have $13.5 million in cap space, I just don't think that it's logical because they do need help at linebacker. I think they could use another safety. But if he really wanted to come here and said, I'll take less money to come here, I doubt he's going to do that because there are teams that are going to offer him more money and a chance. Yeah, that's
3: what, well, that's what I was going to say, Jeff. And Jody, uh, Jody knows this. I say it all the time. I always say coaches are not under oath on the podium. Why do we assume that DeAndre Hopkins is under oath on the podcast that he said, Oh, I want this. I want this. I want this. Whereas I would bet biggest check. That's where he's going. That's where he's going. Write it and, down
10: right now. And this is what's tough for me because Buffalo and Kansas City don't really have the cap space to make this work. Kansas City used their cap space on Donovan Smith, and Buffalo just doesn't have enough. Now Baltimore's got some cap space to use on another receiver, and I'm sure Lamar is probably telling Eric DaCosta "Hey, you know what? We we got some room here. Let's let's add them with Odell Bateman and Flowers and." Let, let's go for it and uh, you know it's what's crazy is people are talking deandre hopkins to dallas i don't think that's going to be a possibility but dallas has the money to go pay this guy if they want to do it
3: yeah that would be interesting um the cowboys because obviously uh, i think you know if you ask me who the three best teams are in the nfc i'm gonna go eagles niners cowboys and you know that might be sort of a seismic type shift uh, between Dallas and Philadelphia. This is a very good player. Now, he's had a couple down years from his standpoint, but five-time All-Pro, you know, maybe the best hands in the business. Uh, You team him up with C.D. Lamb. Eh,
10: That that
3: might make Eagles fans a little wary.
10: I would say this, too. Watch the Cleveland Browns. He does have a good relationship with Deshaun Watson.
3: Cleveland, yeah um, Maybe
10: maybe Detroit, maybe I don't know though because they do have Jameson Williams eventually coming back But Detroit's all in
3: Yeah, how long did he get suspended for? Jameson? Six games Six yeah. games, yeah, that's tough But you can't Even six games You can't like base your He's gonna be back, you know and You can't base your whole season on six games And say, we gotta go get a receiver Um, but Detroit's got an opportunity. You're right about that.
10: Yeah, so I'm just looking at it as look at the contenders, and I actually did this for CBS Sports on Friday. Look at the contenders or the teams with the quarterbacks he mentioned and the likely possibility ranked one to five. I put Baltimore as one. I had the Eagles at four. I said don't count them out because it's the Eagles. You can't count them out, but – and I I think I – mentioned more of the cap space and his willingness to play with jalen hurts but i also mentioned the number one and number two receivers for each team and i'm like well how are you gonna keep aj brown devonta smith happy dallas goddard happy you're it's it's difficult i I think eagles have problems doing that last year
3: Yeah. yeah
2: and again i i been beating this like a drum all weekend um we always talk about average annual salary and cause that's the easiest way to just understand it, but there's much more to it in guaranteed money and signing bonus and everything else. If the Chicago bears offer him significantly more than the chiefs or the bills or the Eagles or the Ravens or wherever he'll start to praise Justin fields. Mark my words. If he's getting twice as much money from the Chicago bears, (laughs) who had the worst (laughs) record in the national football league last year, Oh, my, that Justin Fields, he's coming into his own. He's got one of the best. Oh, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins will put a new scouting report out out on the Bears quarterback when he signs with them because they offer him significantly more money than anybody else and the ability to catch balls more than any of those other teams. Just right at that. He's going with the team that offers him the most money. All right. So if we put DeAndre Hopkins aside, uh, Johnny Mack's going to be down there Thursday. Don't know if you are as well. The when you get this your first be. look at the 2023 Eagles, what's the first thing you zero went in on in their OTA on Thursday?
10: Uh, well, the first thing I'm watching is who's going to be starting at linebacker. Uh, I know Nicobe Dean is, but who's going to be with him, John McMullen? Who's your guess?
3: Nicholas Morrow. You Who think else could it be? It, I mean, you
10: think it's mean, be Nicholas Morrow? <laughs> you know,
3: it could, be, it could be one of those default to the guy that's been here for a quick glimpse but, you know, who's it going to be Christian Ellis? I, I, you know, I mean, they are so thin at linebacker.
10: I have a higher upside in Christian Ellis than I do Nicholas oh, Morrow at this point. Man. Well,
3: I I don't necessarily disagree with you because I think the the, the ceiling is pretty low for, for Nicholas Morrow. But the floor, he knows how to play. He knows how to play this defense uh, specifically. Um And Christian Ellis and Sean Bradley, I'll throw him in there. And even Davion Taylor, if you want to throw him back in the mix, I don't know. I mean, who has the most experience? Davion Taylor. Now, Davion Taylor has a history with uh, DJ Elliott, the new linebackers coach. So I would be surprised if it's not Nicholas Morrow, first rep in seven on sevens next to Kobe Dean. They need a but,
10: linebacker. <laughs> they really need a linebacker.
3: Yeah. Maybe maybe Sean DeSai throws us all a curveball. I'll throw this at you. I think we're gonna see more three safety looks.
10: Oh, I could see that. Oh, de- Reed definitely. Reed Blankenship,
3: Terrell Edmonds, uh, Sidney Brown. Um, it's a lot to put on a rookie, I- but
10: I just feel like Sydney Brown's going to be starting week one for some reason. I, I don't know why I think that, but you're, you're right. With the three safety thing, I it, it'll definitely be a possibility. Yeah. And Let
3: me Terrell get your... Edmonds playing pseudo linebacker. I could see that. I could see that.
2: Let me get your thoughts on a guy whose name you just threw out. If Davion Taylor, with the linebackers who are ahead of him on the depth chart right now, and a new coach coming in for his position that he's got a working relationship with. If he can't crack the starting lineup, is he a lock to make the team? No. no,
10: not at all. I, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Do you consider the Eagles 2020 draft a major success because of who they got in the second round? Or do you consider it a failure because of Jalen Ranger and Davion Taylor and a couple other picks?
3: Um, I consider it a success because they too. found a the franchise
10: quarterback. <laughs> they got, got a top-five
3: quarterback. That's four all that matters. That's all that matters. I mean, you you look at it. Yeah, it, I I mean they made a mistake in the first round. I that I, there's no you know there's no way around it. They made a bad mistake. But you know, all right, Minnesota got the player right. Where are they? All right, they had a good season. He's been They're a not phenomenal any than player. What they were. No. I mean, you know, all right, first round playoff exit. What what are we talking about here? We're talking about we should be talking about the larger picture. Um Justin Jefferson's a great, great, great player, but there's so many domino effects that people and I, I talk about this with Jody all the time, Jeff. The assumption that Justin Jefferson it was going to have the same numbers here is so flawed. Uh, number I one, think he no, been- he was he was going to be a good player. He's a great player. I but, think I've been
10: okay here year one. I'll...
3: Yeah. I mean, it, Kirk Cousins is a high-volume thrower. We talk about it all the time, 4,000 yards every year. The numbers are going to be there <clears throat> if Kirk Cousins is a quarterback. Not necessarily the wins, but the numbers are going to be there. But then, you know, you're not trapped in DeMonte Smith because you already have a great receiver. You're not getting AJ Brown probably because you already have a great receiver. Who knows how yeah, things? But wait, wait, out. wait,
2: John. Which one is it? He wouldn't have put the numbers up year one, so they would have stayed away from Devonte Smith. They took Rager and they took Devontae Smith anyway. So it wasn't because no, I just said used he was going to be on a wide receiver. They took a wide receiver with a first-round draft pick in successive years anyway.
3: No, I said he was going to be a good player. He wasn't going to. He's a great player. He wasn't going to be Jalen Rager here. I'm saying, you know, he put up 1600 yards, uh, at least 1600, might may, maybe more. He as, set as the a rookie, rookie
10: record for yeah. receiving, yard, and then I think Jamar Chase broke it the next year.
3: Yeah, he's probably he's probably getting a thousand here, and everybody's excited. And he's a great player. He's a great because he is a great player. I'm not saying he wouldn't be a great player. And once you get the great player. Well, then you stop looking at wide receiver and who knows what happens is all I'm trying to say. There's all these butterfly effects to certain things. So you might have the better receiver because as good as Devontae Smith is, as good as AJ Brown is, both of them, they're not Justin Jefferson. He's, if not the best receiver in football. Now,
10: that, now, if you draft Jefferson, we'll play the butterfly effect here. Say you're at 12 again, you trade up ahead of the Giants, you take Micah Parsons instead of Smith. Well, is yeah, that-
3: it could work out even better. Who knows? But my point is it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same, and the assumption is you're going to go in the same direction. Um, they made a mistake on the, on, on the on the first-round pick. That we can all agree on. They hit a home run in the second round. They weren't even trying to hit a home run. They were trying to hit a double.
10: But they hit a home run, so it worked out. Yeah, and The wind was blowing at their backs when they made that pick.
2: And despite the fact that John McMullen may have said ahead of time, I see Michael Parsons as an edge player.
3: Yeah. I mean, he was an
2: outside linebacker. He's an off-ball linebacker. Howie Roseman was not using the twelfth pick of the draft
10: on an offside. Uh, well, I off-ball think the Eagles linebacker. are
3: smart enough, and I don't know that that's an interesting – I had to ask somebody that. That's an interesting I, I had
10: to mess with Michael Parsons the other day. So he was complaining about how I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, John, but he was complaining about how expensive like Universal Studios is. I'm like, yeah, you know, he's so used to Hershey Park where it's like a hundred bucks to go for the day, not like three hundred. And then he mentions it like a couple hours later. He goes, "Yeah, I'm so used to just walking down the street to Hershey, Hershey Park, Park baby." And, yeah. he, he, and from what I heard, Michael Parsons was at Hershey Park quite a bit uh back when he was living in PA. You know, yeah, blame him.
3: Jody, I, It is. I have to ask one of the Eagles scouts at some point what they what they looked at uh Michael Parsons for. I haven't asked that. I because. Yeah, never, it, it's I, interesting it, it, to, if they were looking at him as an off ball linebacker or an edge rusher.
10: Yeah, I'm curious too, because I remember I talked to Devonta Smith a couple days before the draft, and he said, Look, you know, this, this is going to Like, this is a very good possibility. They're training up to get me. And I'm like, Whoa, they're training back up. And he goes, Well, they liked him. That's what he said. This is when Devonta talked a lot more than he does now. I, I think he learned his lesson about that over the years, but.
3: I, By the way, I, you're going to be in Allentown for the big uh, softball classic? I got to go see T.O., of
10: course.
2: <laughs> oh, is is T.O. in this year's softball classic?
10: T.O. is playing. Terrell Evans is coming back. It's different now that he's an Eagle. Um, A.J. Brown's back. Jalen Hurts is playing. I'm trying to remember. Oh, Slay's playing. I'm trying to remember. The, Jake the Elliott's
3: going to be there. Ringer. Uh, Did
10: you see Jake Elliott basically shot like six or seven hundred par golf in the oh, day he's
3: phenomenal golf. He's, he's a great phenomenal. he's tremendous great at everything it's absurd he's yeah. the best ping pong player on the team he's the best golfer on the team he's the best softball player although richard rogers might have had something to say about that he was a great softball player but uh yeah jake elliott is for those who don't know is great at everything everything He's going to be
10: that guy who randomly throws a touchdown pass in an NFL game.
3: Ooh, I don't know about that,
2: but uh, we'll, yeah, keep, you, we'll keep an we eye see, on that one. Hey, we've
10: seen point. David Akers run 30 yards in an NFL game before. I'm sure Jake Kelly can throw a touchdown pass.
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah, you never know. You got you got to have yeah, the the great proof. If we're to just judging
2: it. the Sirianni era,
3: not that many gadget proofs. Not, not a gadget uh, coaching staff. No. But, uh, I talked about that with Shane Steichen once. Not, you know.
10: Yeah, he's you know, not a gadget guy. No,
3: not a gadget guy. And and, and maybe a that kicker changes. Throw, A kicker throwing a
2: touchdown pass would be considered a gadget play. Uh, I Jeff Kerr, our buddy, uh, compatriot Ruben Frank and his Ruben observations this week. The lead item was the hype around Jalen Carter when camp opens up today. He said he thinks it might be the biggest for an Eagle rookie since Donovan McNabb. Because he rightfully that. pointed out Carson Wentz was the third string quarterback when camp opened up the year that he was the Eagles pick with the number two overall selection. So you could only get so high. If you knew he's going to be the future, we had no bloody idea the future was going to be week one with uh, two quarterbacks ahead of him, but that's the way it worked out. Can that be the case? Can he be the most hyped Eagle draft pick in
10: 25 years when he's going to be a part-time player? I think so. I actually kind of agree with Rubel on that. So there are a couple players I remember going back in my youth here at training camp. McNabb was, it was pretty hyped. I remember a lot of people went to Lehigh for the first time. I think it was only their second or third year in Lehigh when they went. And McNabb, everybody was watching. Everybody had their the Polaroid cameras out, wanted to get pictures of Yeah, oh. everybody, everybody, everybody wanted McNabb's autograph. And I'll tell you who who's another rookie that got a lot of hype, too. Corey Simon, when he came out, he was yeah, number he, six overall pick. and Yeah. It, there was a lot of hype for him. And then he had that big game against Dallas week one, and had a great rookie year. But it, I would agree. I, I think McNabb was probably one of the more hype rookies of, at least my lifetime. I'm trying to think of others. Freddie Mitchell, there wasn't that much hype as I remember correctly. I remember he had a bad training camp and that kind of snowballed. The Shepard didn't play much. Um, Sean Andrews was a lineman. So it's, yeah. it's uh,
2: Yeah. Lane Johnson was a fourth pick at a draft, but he's an offensive right tackle, wasn't even a left tackle. So even though you, you surely should factor in where you're talking about being drafted in the first round, Offensive linemen just aren't going to get Deshaun, that kind of attention.
10: Deshaun Jackson had a lot of hype, but he was a second-round pick, too. So, yeah, yeah I I agree with Rube on this one. I, I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on Jalen Carter because if we were, say, if this is January 1st, and if I would have told you the Eagles would have gotten Jalen Carter in the draft, I think everybody would be jumping up and down. Best players, well, they right? should be
3: as long as uh... – Nothing happens off the field. I mean, he's argu- I think he was the best player in the draft. I've said it from day one.
10: The a game changer.
3: Um, And the Eagles got him. There's reasons they got him, obviously. We all know those reasons. Um, Quarterbacks, to Jody's point, quarterbacks are always going to be hyped. But Carson had the uh, – it was Sam Bradford, Chase Daniel, uh, Carson Wentz. Number three. It's interesting. If Teddy Bridgewater doesn't get hurt, the season starts that way, by the way, um, Sam Bradford's starting quarterback um, and how that would have changed things. Talking about Butterfly.
10: Packs. I wasn't but yeah. even remotely excited for that. year. That was my first year covering the NFL. And I'm like, and th- they have me do a lot of Eagle stuff. And I'm just like, you know what? This year's they're kind of putting on this year with the Bradford thing. It's, you know, kind of getting the culture back and then. Tate yeah. Bridgewater gets hurt, and all of a sudden, Carson Wentz is starting. You're like, oh, okay. Now Eagles fans have reason to watch all 16 games this year.
3: Yeah, it definitely worked out long run. They were a lot better than expected uh, with a rookie quarterback who, who by the way, didn't have a training camp because Carson got hurt, uh, people hurt his forget ribs. that, and he was the third-string quarterback for most of it. And all of a sudden, he's got to show up week one. I think they started three and zero that season too. They and did. Remember, kind of remember they
10: remember they killed Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh was a good team that year. And they had yeah. the bye week, and then Lane had the suspension, and yeah,
7: that yeah. was like
10: that was my running thing. Like, oh, the Eagles are like, I think they were seven and three in games Lane Johnson played, and they didn't win a game at the end or something like that. I forget what the stat was.
3: But if you take away um quarterbacks and Donovan who was going to be the guy and everybody knew that, um, this is about, you know, the biggest non quarterback player they've gotten in many, many years, um, from a talent perspective. Um, you know, they're usually a pretty good team. So they're not at the top of the draft. Um, this player would have won at the top of the draft, but didn't because of issues. I mean, worst case scenario, he would have been top five worst case scenario. Um, If he had no issues, um, I think he would have been number one. I really believe Chicago just takes him with no issues. Uh, You know, they need a play. They needed a defensive player. They needed a difference maker on defense. They decided to go forward with Justin Beals. I mean, they got number one talent. So yeah, there's going to be expectations. I think it makes sense.
10: It does. And in terms of training camp hype, just overall players, not even draft picks. I mean, he could, he's not going to be on that, like that Terrell Owens, AJ Brown level, but he's going to be up there. A lot of people are going to be watching him nationally to see what happens. And I have a feeling Jalen Carter is going to be that player we're looking at two, three years and how did National guys are gonna be like, how did teams pass on him? How did eight teams pass on Jalen Carter? And they're gonna forget about his off-season or his no. off-field situation.
2: If there are no reoccurrences. Yeah, exactly. If, the if there, there are fine, no reoccurrences. And they go, like, how the hell did he go number nine? But if he's had issues and is suspended, they're gonna go, Yeah, the Eagles rolled the oh, dice and yeah. it might have crapped out on him. Um I want to reference to names you guys just threw out there teddy bridgewater carson wentz who's got the better chance to be the starting quarterback of the las vegas raiders when the season gets underway this season since jimmy g all of a sudden has got a bad foot he may never play a game for the raiders somebody's got to be the raiders starting quarterback and they're two of the better free agent quarterbacks left out there
10: either one of them gonna end up in vegas Tom Brady has a better chance yeah. of door number
3: Door number three, Tom Brady. Just
10: <laughs> throwing yeah. Tom Brady. He, he's never going to go away. He he doesn't even want the TV money coming this way. Yeah. Now, I'll, I don't I'll tell know. You who's, I'll tell you who's buying
2: door number three. As per our buddy Rick Saratella, Aiden O'Connell. He was a lot Ooh. higher on O'Connell in the draft prospect and thought that he landed in the perfect situation. This was before we found out Jimmy G's foot is still screwed. Uh, he said he's going to get a chance to play in Vegas this year as a fourth – I think it was a fourth-round draft pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I
10: guess he's going to be the backup there, right?
2: Saratello yeah, well, was very high on him. I watched him play at Purdue. I thought he was okay at best. Rick was a much bigger fan than, than I was, but uh, he thinks – I'll, the I'll trust Rick's a opinion on play.
10: that, though. He, he watches I, these guys every day. <laughs>
3: I will say this. I think Josh McDaniels is a one-trick pony, and that one trick is getting out of Tom Brady's way. And, you know, if there's any way they can get him on the field, this we've never had this instance before, right? I mean, part owner of the team uh, coming down to play. I don't know how that works from a contract standpoint. Antonio Brown tried doing
10: this this weekend, and he bailed out of it. I don't know if you heard that story, John.
3: I, the Albany Empire. Yeah, I, he's, I, I, yeah.
10: And then he goes, well, the paperwork needed to be filed. I'm like, you're the owner. You don't need to do this. You can bypass every law in the league to play football.
3: See, he I don't know if that's doing. the case. That's probably the case in arena football, whatever that league that is. He could probably play, show up that week, day and play. I, with the NFL, there's got to be some things worked out. I yeah,
10: I'll I, I never recall anybody – Playing coaching Paul no. Brown, but no.
2: if if uh, you guys read Florio this weekend on Pro Football Talk, any one individual owner can block Tom Brady from playing if he is officially signed off and purchased uh his percentage of the Raiders, and they're saying that he has, but I don't know if the paperwork is all done and money exchange hands or whatever. If that has transpired. Any owner, not they need a percentage of the owner. One says, nope, can't go from ownership to player. Not going to allow it. They can stop Brady signing with the Raiders. He would have to turn around and sell back his portion of the team to become a free agent and then sign with the Raiders. But they could he cannot be a player and a part owner at the same time in the NFL. Well,
3: I, I think he would just divest to give it back to, to to Mark Davis and then just give it back when he stops playing. I think that's easy to get around. But from the standpoint of the salary cap and how they have to work that stuff out, I mean he could divest it and put it in a third trust and there's all kinds of ways around that. But from the salary cap standpoint, what are they gonna pay him? Is the NFL going to say, if they say because he's an owner, quote, in quotes, are they going to say, well, we're going to pay in the league minimum and get around it that way? I don't think that would fly. So there's a lot of hurdles they would have to get over. But Josh McDaniels, that's all he's got, man. I think they're going to try to work it out. They can't do anything with Josh McDaniels unless Tom, unless he's getting out of Tom Brady's way. That's... Who's the
10: worst coach, McMullen? Is it Josh McDaniels or Dennis Allen?
3: Josh McDaniels.
10: Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I,
3: I, I'm. Well, you know, I think Josh McDaniels is a good offensive coordinator. I think Dennis Allen's a good defensive coordinator. Yeah, as far as managing coaches. people. Yeah, I got to give it to Dennis Allen, and I'm not a big Dennis Allen fan. Dennis Allen
10: is. at least has a chance to be half decent this year because of his roster. We'll see though. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, uh, I've am not. i
2: been a non-McDaniels guy forever, so I'm not going to change my tune on that one now.
10: They're Eagles almost bad. hired him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. remember that. They almost hired Jim Haslett, too, and Adam Gase and a bunch of other people I don't want to yeah.
3: mention. Yeah, Penn McAdoo. All
10: right, I'm going to put
2: this to you, Jeff Carr. We're running out of time here. Uh, I saw Johnny McMullen write an article for SI about the backup left tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles. Not going to be Andre Dillard this year. They had him the last couple of years. He didn't achieve what he was supposed to as a first-round draft pick, but he was a pretty good backup left tackle, and the Eagles didn't have to sweat it when Mylotta got hurt. They could plug in a pretty good replacement for him. Who's going to be the Eagles' backup left tackle this season? Oh,
10: boy. John McMullen probably knows this a heck of a lot better. I'll get it, I he already wrote
2: his opinion, and he'll <laughs> uh, pass that along to us in just a second. But you first. Who's going to be the Eagles backup left tackle? It's kind of an important position. You got your 22 starters, and then you got your order of importance of positions and backup slots. Left tackle is a pretty big one. Who's going
10: to be the Eagles backup left tackle? And John, you just gave me something to watch for on Thursday now, but what can Jack Driscoll do it? See, that's uh, what I was going to say. Yeah. mcmahon has got him down
3: the list. Well, I, I don't, you know, Jack is, he get it for a little bit last year, and I think he did it better than they expected. So I, I actually think if, you know, I actually think that's the default position going into camp is Jack Driscoll being the swing tackle. I think they hope somebody else develops. Uh, but the problem is, and this is why I wrote the story, is because I was talking to Jordan a lot last week. I told this story on the show last week. Yeah, Jody. you did. Um, like Jordan knows everybody's name he's one of those guys that learns our names, reporters names. And Zach Berman asked him about the backup tackles and he couldn't come up with Frank Johnson oh my God. or Roderick Johnson. And I'm like, what does that tell you? Um, and and those are the guys and and they signed an undrafted kid uh, by the name of Trevor Reed, who is just like a Jeff Stoutland guy. I mean, he's super athletic. You know, he's one of those guys that weighed 245 when he got to college, put on weight. He's got a 38-inch vertical leap. He runs, it like he runs past. He's the most athletic tackle in the draft, but he's not strong enough, obviously. Um, and it'll probably take a couple of years. I think ultimately keep an eye on the name Trevor Reed. If he does anything in camp, I think that's the long-term. Short-term, I think it's going to be Jack Driscoll, swing tackle.
10: Do you think they bring in, G, Uh, they signed DJ Fluker?
3: I think if they would have signed him, they would have signed him right away. Um, so I, I'm going to say no for now. Now, if injuries pop up, obviously that could change things. But they got a lot of bodies. And, I, you know, can DJ Fluker play left tackle? Eh, he can play right tackle. I don't know if he's better than Jack Driscoll, so.
2: That's how I well, feel right and, now. It's, it's And just remember this. The Eagles like to throw that cross-training phrase around a lot. What happens if Driscoll is the best right guard? Well, that's
3: and, why I brought yeah. it up. That's what I put in the piece. It's all fine to say if, if Cam Juergens is, is supposed to be the, the right guard and Tyler Steen, if they don't handle it, they're just going to put Jack Driscoll in because they yep. know he can handle it. So people got to keep that in the back of their minds. So, Jack
10: Jack, Jack, as Jack Driscoll
3: a, is not an eagle starter,
2: but he sounds like a pretty damn important player who yeah. could land oh, in a couple is. of different spots for them this upcoming year. He
10: could play four positions for him. I just yeah. don't know if he could play center.
2: Oh, we shall see. Always a pleasure, Jeff Kerr. Go back to watching replays of whatever races you missed yesterday or go out and bowl at 300. Uh,
10: you know what? The way I've been bowling,
2: uh, 300 isn't in the car. Not cards. happening? No. Over I. Maybe over two games. Oh, you, you, you're you not down in the no, 150, are you? I, I lay
10: the negative states now, so it's on the nationals. It's
2: right. okay. Yeah, <laughs> our, our national bowling entry, Jeff Kerr, will be representing Birds 365. Uh, Kerr, always a pleasure, bud. We'll get you back up in a couple of weeks.
10: Sounds great, boys. Thanks for having me on.
2: CBSSports.com's Jeff. Jeff Kerr here with us on Birds 365. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac coming back. Uh, One more guest to come about 20 minutes from now. We'll take a little bit of a wider version uh, of the Eagles national perspective. And we'll ask them some other national football league questions as well. Matt Vertoram joined Johnny Mack over at SI. Jump from fan side to the Sports Illustrated. Matt Verderam coming up in about 20 minutes. Go, 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 go,
4: go. Go to Ocean for our fifth birthday. Go for the parties and the payouts. Go for the dining and the unwinding. Go for the bubbles.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
4: And the bubbly. Go for the win. Go,
2: go, 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 go
6: It's sugar, okay? We gonna party like it's sugar.
7: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch six ABC twenty four seven with the six ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on
5: Action News. Search
7: six ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
5: Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently.
2: Go first.
0: <laughs> All right. Did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes. Really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right. Here we go. Let's hear the crowd. Go <sighs> toreta. Go to, to up. Mama. mama go. Oh, mama. She did it.
8: Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
0: Uh
9: huh. I'm (laughs) not putting up with this anymore. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles.
2: E's John and I'm Jody McDonald. That makes this. Birds 365 with your Mac and MacBuds. Um, Thanks, Jeff Kerr, for hopping on. Matt Verneram from, uh, from Sports Illustrated is going to join us coming up in 15 minutes from now. Uh, Johnny Mac, we referenced the Eagles offensive line last segment and specifically left tackle because I read and enjoyed the article you did for SI about uh, no longer having Andre Dillard here as a safety net. Let me give me another couple of guys who are there on the offensive line who are not newbies, not rookies, but have been here before, um, but haven't been able to break through. And it's very difficult to break through the Eagles offensive line since it's arguably the best in the entire National Football League. Josh Stills and Brett Todd. Where are they in the mix, and is their ability to move there? Is this a huge camp for them? Is Stoutland ready to anoint one of them, the backup left tackle? A couple of guys who've had their years here under, uh, well, Sills is only one year and undrafted free agent last year. Todd's been here a couple of years. Where do you think they sit in the Eagles' overall offensive line (laughs) depth
3: chart? Well, forget about Josh Hills. He's on the commissioner's exempt list. Uh, he had some very serious uh, allegations of sexual assault late last season. Um, if that works out in, in his favor from a legal standpoint, I, I got to be honest, I don't even think he's going to be back anyway. So, So you um,
2: think he would be released if not for the fact that yeah. he's on the suspended list anyway?
3: Exactly. Okay. So uh, from Josh Hill's standpoint, if he gets a second chance, it's probably not going to be here. Uh, Brett Toth is an interesting guy. He's very versatile. You know, I mentioned him in that left tackle piece as well. That's his, in theory, his natural position. He can play everywhere. He can even play center. In fact, he tore his ACL um, week 18 of the – 2020 where are we 2021 season right uh and he essentially missed all of last season now he was healthy towards the latter part of the season but the eagles were so good on the offensive line they just didn't need him then he did some maneuvering they released him they brought him back he's another guy because of his versatility and literally can play all five positions it wouldn't be surprising if he's on the roster, um, but they have so many good offensive linemen. You start talking about, all right, who who are the backups going to be? Now, it's not as deep as they were last year, but you got to make room. If you assume Cam Jurgens is going to be the starter, obviously Tyler Steen's going to make the team. Obviously Jack Driscoll's going to make the team. Um, obviously, then is, you start- Opeta, is Opeta a lock? I would not say he's a lock. Then okay. you start talking about if you're going to keep nine guys, you got two spots and you have a lot of competition. I mentioned Fred Johnson, Roderick Johnson, um, Sue Opeta, uh, uh Brett Toth. They're all in the conversation. So it's not as deep as it once was. But one thing about Jeff Stoutland, last year with Sills, <clears throat> and obviously it didn't work out, He was the, he's the reason I, I lost the – Roster contest because I was, you know, I didn't have him making the team. He made the team. Jeff Stoutman tends to like to keep uh, a developmental project, so to speak. That's where I bring up Trevor. I brought up Trevor Reed. I think he's that guy this year. He's probably not going to be ready to play because they got to get him in an NFL weight room. They got to get him stronger. But he's so athletic. He's, He's the most athletic tackle in the draft. That's how athletic he is. Um, and I just think if he's got any technique whatsoever, I think Stoutland's going to fall in love with him. But that's just speculation.
2: <laughs> so, your guess would be practice squad for Reed? That <clears throat> because he went undrafted, as athletic as he may be, and you're referencing him as no team used a draft pick on him. So, will Eagles, if they
3: do. Oh, like and that's him a why lot, I caught up. That's why I brought up Sills. They kept Sills on the 53 and he was undrafted. Um, and he doesn't have as much upside as Trevor Reed. So I think he's he's a threat to make the 53. If you're they you know, I always joke not just the Eagles, but all NFL teams like to keep at least one undrafted guy to point at themselves and say, Look at me, look at how smart I am. Well, the Eagles kept three last year on what turned out to be a Super Bowl roster. They're going to keep one at the bare minimum, um, at least. And to me reads in the conversation, you know, if you want to look at Joseph, Nada, wide receiver, he's probably in the, in the conversation. Ben De-
2: the DB from Alabama,
3: you know what? Eli ricks because of his reputation, but they're so deep. At corner, I don't know how you fit him. I think he's more likely a practice squad candidate. Uh, ben Van Sumeren, because of special teams, I think he's a candidate. I don't. I don't know. I mean, are you going to cut Greedy Williams? Maybe you know they can. Um, but I think you know Eli Ricks is really going to have to play well this summer because they're so deep at corner. So deep at corner.
2: Does it come down to two Alabama corners, either Job or Ricks? One, one's here, one isn't.
3: Yeah, could be. Could, you know. Um, boy, I, you know, Greedy Williams can play at all. I mean, both are in trouble. Both Josh Job and Eli Ricks. From the 53, obviously. From numbers standpoint, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you start talking about Because you know Ringo's making the team. So you have the top three, um, Slay, uh, Bradbury, Avante Maddox. You know they're making the team. You know, (laughs) we're talking about Ricks. Mackay Gardner from LSU is another high-profile undrafted guy. Uh, Goodrich was here last year. I didn't even bring up Zach McPherson. Josiah Scott, I mean – they're absurdly deep at cornerback.
2: Let know. me let me go to a couple of those guys, Josiah Scott last year. Um, <laughs> no, they actually gave up a draft pick to get him, and that factors in, I think, in the thinking of who makes it and who doesn't. Shouldn't much. But it does. And if I'm accusing Eagles of this, I'm accusing the other 31 teams in the National Football League for doing the same thing. Uh, once you get a guy, you should just evaluate how he fits, what levels he play into, make your call off that. You should forget what it costs you to actually get the guy. But teams don't do that. Um, he's get He's got a leg up because he's specifically a slot corner. And Eagles think highly of him as a slot corner. Is that justified? if if you're just looking at the corner talent and putting them in an order and you should keep the top guys, does Josiah Scott actually make it over T over a guy who might be an actual better cornerback just because he's a better slot corner.
3: Yeah. I mean, it factors in because it's dip, they're different positions and outside corners generally can't play in the slot uh, and vice versa, to be honest, uh, it's become a more specialized game. So, yeah, if Josiah Scott isn't going to make the team, they have to find somebody else who can back up Avante Maddox, who obviously, you know, missed seven, eight games last year with injuries. So that's a very important position. Now, I've always speculated from day one that Zach McPherson is better suited to play inside than outside. That's the way I would go. I would say, all right, I'm moving Zach. I have Kalei Ringo now. I have Greedy Williams. I have Josh Joe, I have Eli Ricks. Um, I'm moving Zach McPherson inside, which I think is his natural position. I don't know if the Eagles are going to do that, but that would make sense to me. Um, and then Josiah Scott's the odd man looking in. They're really they they have a lot of options at corner, a lot of options.
1: Mm,
2: They got names. I want to see them actually play some of the guys. They've not. Well, I'm I'm,
3: I'm comparatively speaking to other teams. I mean, obviously, look. If Slay or Bradbury go down, you're screwed. I mean, but I'm, I'm talking, I hope people understand. I'm talking in relative terms. Um, they're better options. The Eagles have better options than other teams if they lost their starting corners. Wouldn't be good. Wouldn't be good. You've seen it in short bursts with Zach McPherson um, when Slay went down with a couple concussion issues. Not good. This year it should be better because you have Ringo, who's a natural outside corner. Greedy Williams, who's a natural outside corner. Should be a little bit better. But I don't want to see that. I don't want to see those guys play. Ringo, two, three years down the road, I think they have legitimate hope that he'll turn into a a big-time starting corner. But that's, that's for down the road.
2: No, I'll readily admit. Shame on me! I've forgotten some of the names, and it was only two years ago when we started Birds Three Sixty Five. But they had a couple guys on the roster that they fucked up a blue streak as backup <laughs> corner. Yeah, well, did that they was... not, Johnny Mac? Could you yeah. quickly remember remind me? Oh and, yeah, uh, Kerry
3: Vincent Jr. Kerry
2: Vincent, where's
3: he these days? I think the I think it was in the XFL. Okay, uh, who else? Ma- Mac McCain or old Mac buddy? McCain? Mac McCain, what's Mac
2: McCain up to? You and Mac are. Uh, uh, Friends on Facebook, right? you, you know uh, where Mac McCain is.
3: I he was in Detroit. I I gotta look up where he is now. He's a free agent, so okay. um, and I forget the third one. Mac McCain okay. carried oh Tay Gowan. Tay Gowan, Tate
2: Ga- oh, they talked Tay Gowan up a blue street. Yeah. They traded for him, didn't they?
3: Yes. Um, they trade he was part of the uh Zach Ertz trade. Zach Gert
2: um, Steele, yeah, Say
3: say and, so, He uh, he's so in. When uh, you tell
2: me the Eagles have all this great cornerback depth, those names pop into my head. Yeah, but I, but I told until you I actually the- see it with my own two eyes on the field in Philadelphia Eagle Green, their prospects, prospects are not givens until I actually get a chance. Oh to sure, get it done on the field.
3: But but. Calais Ringo is a much bigger prospect than any of those three. And I told you at the time that they were full of shit. They were talking up a blue streak with those three guys. They legitimately like Calais uh, Ringo. Greedy Williams, look, I'm going on coming out. He was a big time prospect. Obviously, things did not go the way they were supposed to go in Cleveland, but he was a big time prospect coming out of LSU. Um, Mac McCain um, was not. Tay Gowan was not. Carrie Vincent was not. Carrie Vincent from LSU, as well, was not a big time prospect, though. Um, different level of prospects from a talent standpoint, at least from a trade standpoint.
2: And give me the reasoning again as to why Kaylee Ringo, I would say almost most mock guys had him going in the second round why did he fall in the draft again the eagles were able to get him where they shoulder
3: um he, he had a a some teams thought it was a degenerative shoulder condition um eagles you know i think there's a lot of when you say red flag medical red flag i think a lot of people assume You know, they hear you take them off the board, at least with the Eagles and most teams, I think, but definitely with the Eagles. When they red flag somebody, they red flag somebody till day three. Um, And then they'll consider it. Um, And I think that's what happened with Ringo. Um, So a lot of teams concerned over his shoulder. He says it's fine. I think it's good value in the fourth round. Might not work out, but. He's got a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. As you Mm -hmm. mentioned, I I saw a lot of people having him in the first round, late first round. A lot of people having him as a bridge pick, late first round, early second round. They got him in the early fourth round, traded up to get him. Um, It's good value.
2: Right. If he to the level he's supposed to reach, if the shoulder issue is a degenerative one, it's a waste of a fourth round pick. We don't know where it's going to land. Uh, I just think it's a good
3: gamble at that point Um, in the, in the early second round, probably not a good gamble early fourth round, probably a good gamble from my standpoint.
2: Exactly. But then you actually get to go out there on the field and we find out whether it was a good gamble or a bad gamble. If he uh, doesn't make the team, if he's cut before the season ever starts and they probably won't do that, probably try and get him to the practice squad. And if somebody else then takes a chance on him, Yeah, it'll turn out to be a bad gamble. I I do judge the results after the fact. You can say right now, hey, good gamble. Second round talent that you get in the fourth round, that's a good gamble. Well, I will
3: say this. He's going to make the team. Uh, There's no way they're trying to get him to the practice squad. Even if he plays poorly in training camp, he's on the 53. And if he's not, he's on injured reserve because he's hurt. Um, There's no way they're going to try to get him to the practice squad fair enough he's john mcmahon i'm jody
2: mcdonald with the magamac birds 365 guys coming up next matt Verderam from sports illustrated gonna jump in here with us on birds 365 go, go, go,
4: go, go. go to ocean for our fifth birthday go for the parties and the payouts go for the dining and the unwinding go for the bubbles and the bubbly.
7: Go for the win. Go, go,
2: go, go, shawty.
6: It's sugar, okay? We gonna party like it's sugar,
7: okay? Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
1: For the big story on action
7: news. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
5: Go passionately.
0: Did you know it was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. Go, so Go, to, to that fake Mama. Mama, go. Up, up, up. She did it.
8: Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
5: Uh
8: huh.
9: E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles.
2: Earth 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Thanks for streaming in with Mac and Mac. We are lucky to have Matt Verdram of Sports Illustrated join us today. Matty V, I hope you had a good Memorial Day. I'm putting you right to the test. I've got the same exact over-under number for two players i'm gonna make you give me a yay or nay on touchdown passes this season the number is one half for jimmy garoppolo and tom brady over (laughs) under touchdown passes for garoppolo and brady one half you going over or under on each uh
6: i will go over on garoppolo uh and i will go under on brady Okay, but i I think this Garoppolo thing is all the makings of a full-blown disaster for the Raiders.
3: Yeah. How would that work, Matt? I don't know if you've done enough research yet, but if Tom uh, wants to come back again, you know, I think it's becoming clearer and clearer. At least it should be that Josh McDaniels is a one trick pony. And that one trick is probably Tom Brady. So from his standpoint, uh, he would certainly like Tom running that offense. But if he's the owner of the team, I assume he's got to divest from the team he just bought. How how would that even work if he wanted to come out of retirement again?
6: I would think that if he owns the team, he could play for that team. He couldn't play anywhere else. Um, you know, he couldn't own the Raiders and play for the Dolphins, but I, I would think I would think he could play the team that he owns i i'll be the yeah, first to admit. i
2: saw i saw a thing on uh pro football talk this weekend florio said if one owner in the national football league wanted to block it he could they could say no you can't own the team and play for a team the only one would have to object and then he would either have to divest himself of his interest okay. or give up his his uh, attempt to return to the national football league
6: Gotcha. I was going to say I've never done research on that because, frankly, uh, I never, yeah. Why would you? Why would, why you? Why would you? Right. I, I don't expect yeah. Clark Hunt to come down and take some snaps. Um, <laughs> you know, I just don't see that happening. Um, but I, you know, That's funny. It's it's just something where you know if you if you think back to March when Garoppolo signed there, he initially was going to have a presser. I think it was like on a Wednesday or something, and then it got delayed. They got delayed for a day. And it was said at the time, oh, "It's no big deal. It's no big deal. It's just some, some yeah. historical thing." And then, and then he, he went on and had it the next day. And you do, you do wonder, like, how does that happen on a three-year deal worth over sixty-five million bucks? Like, you still sign this contract knowing that he's going to have foot surgery. I mean, this is a guy who has had nine NFL seasons entering this year. He has started more than 10 games twice. And so you decided to have this contract done anyway and then had no backup plan. Like, the, the one thing I have written at, about McDaniels this offseason, and it, frankly, it's one of my takes. It's aging more, more like a fine wine than, than most. Like, the Raiders are doing what every other team has done that has a former Patriots coach as its coach. They just go out and they find everybody who's ever been in Foxborough and they just bring these people in and it's like, well, we're going to replicate that. No, you're not. Cause you don't have Belichick and you don't have Brady and you're not Belichick and Garoppolo is not Brady. And so if you go and look at their off season, it's been Garoppolo. It's been Philip Dorsett, former Patriot. It's been Jacoby Myers, former Patriot. It's Brian Hoyer as the backup, former Patriot. <laughs> like it's just, if Patricia did this in Detroit, they brought in 15 ex-patriots. It's like, a third of the roster they brought in. Yeah. It's the same thing, and it's going to be the same result. They're not going to be good, and we're going to hear a whole lot about why does McDaniels still have a job at the end of this season.
3: Yeah, fair enough. And it should – I think they should – it's amazing. Josh McDaniels is one of those names that kind of amazes me because of his history. Obviously, he maybe the most ill-prepared – Prepared rookie head coach I ever saw the first time, yeah. um, And we're, Nathaniel, we're, Hackett probably, than Nathaniel Hackett probably Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, ironically, it was Denver, Denver. both times. Doing, doing a good um, job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, until Nathaniel Hackett, maybe we can have that discussion. Um, and Urban then Meyer leaving- also
6: like a strong word. Ooh. Urban, uh,
3: good one got good about one, urban. Urban Meyer
6: um, was unbelievable yeah
3: unbelievably bad urban meyer probably laps the field you're probably right this was at the time i thought josh what? was people have lapped the field um then he left indianapolis at the altar so yep. i mean that completely unprofessional um uh, and they give him another and the eagles almost hired him by the way before they hired nick sirianni but i digress um because we're an Eagles show, as you can imagine, Matt, um, a lot of D hop, you know, more, more, more. Give me more. I got A.J. Brown to buy. Give me D- DeAndre Hopkins. To me, it's ridiculous. I don't even give it two seconds of thought, especially when you look at Kansas City, actually, obviously, is a Super Bowl contender. <laughs> um, they have a good quarterback and they have a need at receiver. Uh, Buffalo has a need at receiver, Super Bowl contender, great quarterback. Why in the heck would DeAndre Hopkins even consider Philadelphia?
6: Well, I, I think that's probably like every fan base in the league wants DeAndre Hopkins because they're fans. And, and I get that. Uh, but you know, if you're the Eagles, do you need DeAndre Hopkins? No, you don't. Um, does Harry Roseman spend – What's probably going to be a pretty hefty one-year deal uh, on on Hopkins no, probably doesn't spend there because, you know what, you'd rather have that cap space for other things to roll over even. And, and look, it's not, like the, it's not like the Eagles have so much cap space that they don't know what to do with, right? I mean, you know, it's I think that's the one thing, too, a lot of times. Fans will just say, well, just restructure contracts and, and do whatever you've got to do. And it's like there's a price to pay for that. At some
2: point, the bill comes due. Exactly yes. right.
6: Unless you're in New Orleans, in which case the bill is going to be somebody else's problem eventually. <laughs> and Mickey, Mickey Loomis is like the guy who's just leveraged out his house, but he's 90, so he doesn't care. <laughs> what? Not my problem. Leave it to the kids. Like, and, and the kids are just like, oh, my God, we're going to owe a quarter of a million dollars on that. But in any event, the Eagles, like, why put yourself in a tough position for a player you don't need? Like People, like I said, it's always about restructuring. I'll give you an example. So the Bills. The Bills do have a need there, and it would make a lot of sense, and they've been interested in it. But to sign DeAndre Hopkins, they're going to have to restructure contracts. Well, if you look at the Bills cap sheet for next year, they are massively over the the projected cap next year. Like To move money down the road for them is a real problem. They could do it, but it's a real issue. It becomes harder to move on from players. You start guaranteeing more money later in deals. I mean, that – that's a concern. And the Chiefs, if they wanted to do it, could a little easier because they have that Mahomes deal that just stretches on forever. And so they could just split $23 million that they could move down the road over the next eight years, and it doesn't really affect them as much. They kind of have a get-out-of-jail-free card with that that most teams don't because of the length of Mahomes' contract. That said, I don't know that the Chiefs are going to make a move here on this because they've shown under, under Brett Veach, they have a price. And they are going to stick to that price. You don't believe me, ask Tyree Kill. Like, they yeah, are going to get to yeah. a certain number and say, that's our number. Deal with it. Either take it or leave it. And some players have taken it. Some players have left it. Ward Ward's another example of that. The Chiefs really wanted him back in free agency a year ago. They had a number. And San Francisco went over. Juju Smith-Schuster, this year, they wanted to bring him back. New England superseded that number. See you Fine. So – I think it's going to be interesting. I would not be shocked if he ended up in Kansas City or Buffalo, if it ends up being a number that becomes palatable. But, frankly, I would bet that it ends up somewhere where he's he can make more money than he would make with one of those two teams.
2: That's what I would say in all weekend. And I do this team out there as a possibility. You can comment on it because you're a Chicago guy. I'm going to bet that D-Hop all of a sudden – re-evaluates that list of the quarterbacks he wants to play with. He didn't have Justin Fields on the start, but if the Bears, who have more cap room than anybody else in the National Football League, put forth the best deal, all of a sudden Justin Fields is going to become one of those very good young quarterbacks that DeAndre Hopkins wants to play with. Chance the Bears get involved on Hopkins.
6: It's possible because right now they have more, and then they have question marks with guys like Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney. You could. You could – I mean, I'm, I'm always a proponent of if you're if you're a team that's not maybe projected to be really good, if you can get him to sign, even if it's at a contract you're not in love with, but it's one year, why not sign the guy? If if he plays the whole year for you and he's really good, you get a nice comp, comp, uh, compensatory pick, if I can say the word. You get a yep. compensatory pick, um, depending upon how your free agency goes, because you might cancel it out. But if, if you're not that active, you'll get the pick. Or trade him in the middle of the year. And get a pick that way. Like, you're basically buying a draft pick. So I don't I don't understand why teams don't do it more often. Now, if you're Hopkins, maybe you say, look, I don't want to go play for a team that's going to go 6-11, and and that's fine. But money typically talks in the NFL. And so, like, one of the teams I look at, and I, I did a piece on SI the day he got cut, it's like five teams to watch. Like, Detroit's a team, to me, that makes a ton of sense. Detroit has a ton of money. Jameson Williams is suspended the first six games of the year. They have – I'm in Ross St. Brown, but, like, who else? Who else do they have? If I'm the Lions, I'm, I'm all in for him. And, frankly, if I'm Hopkins, I don't hate that. They're a favorite in the division. You get to play in the dome. You, you know, you're, you're playing with a quarterback. You're talking about Jared Goff who for 4,400 oh, yards on yeah. touchdowns a year ago. Yeah. Right? So, I don't think that's the worst-case t- scenario. I'll give you another team that the money would be tight, but the Giants. You're going to about a team that needs a receiver. I mean the Giants need one in the worst way and you just pay Daniel Jones 40 million a year. Like you you better prop him up in every possible way. Mm-hmm. Now again, the finances there for the Giants it's not as easy. The Lions don't even have to do anything. They can just sign him. Um, but those are a couple teams to also consider and, and like, you know what, we all know how this works. Would you really be shocked if you woke up tomorrow and all of a sudden it's like hey, the Titans signed him. I mean, yeah. You know it's just the way this stuff works. Who's got the money and who just decides to go for it?
3: Yeah, I yeah, it, that's always. I remember JJ Watt, you know, talking right. about, uh, you know, playing for a contender. Then bang, all of Hard. a sudden, you know, it's always about the money. <laughs> it's always not ninety-nine percent. It's about the money, and we'll see. You know, you mentioned the Giants, Matt. I think most people, and I get, you know, I'm sure you get the betting odds. Uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins' next team. I was surprised to see, not the Giants, the Dallas Cowboys at the top of the list. It's not a typical, I mean, for all the talk, you know, Jerry Jones doesn't do a lot in free agency. Uh, it's not a splashy guy from that perspective. Um, they don't have a glaring need. They have a need. Uh, they don't have a ton of cap space. Why? Right. Why are the Cowboys number one? On, on, in the betting markets, just because of the, the Cowboys?
6: Yeah, I think a lot of it is sucker bets, right? Like, yeah. You know, you can just get people to throw money down. And, and there's also that, for right or wrong, there's always that thought that if a star is available, Jerry Jones is going to put in a phone call. Now, I would argue, looking at the Cowboys, look, you traded for Brandon Cooks this offseason. You have C.D. Lamb, who is a perennial Pro Bowl receiver. What's what are you gonna do? You're gonna put Hopkins outside, okay? Lamb's gonna go back into the slot. You're gonna okay. I mean, you can do it, but I don't know. I mean, does that like the one thing talking about betting odds? No matter who signs DeAndre Hopkins, the betting odds are not going to change much in terms of like who's going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's not like it's gonna. This isn't like a top ten quarterbacks on the market. And whoever signs this guy, everything's going to radically change. Hopkins is a nice piece. He's a really good player. I I am still (laughs) in the camp that I think he's got plenty in the tank. I still think he can be an excellent, excellent player for you. But if you're Dallas, I don't know how much that moves the needle. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't help. Of course it helps. He's an excellent player. But I don't – like in the end, if they're going to win the Super Bowl, if they're going to get past Philly in the NFC East, like it's going to largely be about the coaching. It's going to largely be about Dak not making big mistakes – you know, it's going to be about that line holding up, which has had injury issues the last couple of years. I'm not saying that he wouldn't help them, but to me, like Dallas, it's more about Dallas not beating itself all the time. And I don't know that DeAndre Hopkins is all of a sudden going to magically fix some of the ills that have, that have uh, befallen Dallas in the last handful of years.
2: And I did uh, over the weekend see, I forget where I saw it. I apologize for not remembering Uh, that Michael Gallup has looked good returning from injury. Now we're we're talking shorts. How good can you look in shorts? You got to think I get out there on the field, but I did see a story about Hey, Gallup looks good. So I'm with you. I don't think that's where D hop is landing. All right. Player specific position, specific question for you, Matty V, because Johnny and I, Both like the player, both acknowledge Eagles have a league, uh, a need. I'd be willing to pay a little bit more Johnny Max holding the line, like you said, uh, that the Chiefs hold their line. They got their number and they'll go to it. But then if they got to let a guy walk, they'll let a guy walk. I'm willing to go beyond. Eagles need an upgrade at linebacker. Uh, Nicholas Morrow is right now one of their off-ball linebackers who is ranked well down in starting linebackers. You watched him play in Chicago this past year. He is an NFL player, but he's not a needle mover in any way, shape, or form. And he is right now a starting linebacker for him. And it would only make sense that Howie Roseman would be looking upgrade. Last year, they got Bradbury uh, in June, they got CJ Gardner Johnson uh, a week before the season started. A guy who I think will hit the market, will at least be discussed, is Patrick Queen of the Baltimore Ravens. I agree. Uh, they took a linebacker early in the draft. He's on the last year of his rookie deal. They haven't been able to get a contract extension done with him. Only they they, gotta, they have not chosen not to pick up the fifth-year option right. of that rookie deal. I think he's a borderline pro bowler. Hasn't gotten there yet, but the the trend up last year tells me he's going to. And would w- be willing to give up a third-round draft pick for him. Johnny Mac says day three or not happening. Harry Roseman's not going day two for him. Should he? Will Patrick Queen be traded? How much do you or don't you like the player?
6: I like him. Uh, in fact, I'm actually I just wrote a piece over the weekend. Hasn't it hasn't been published yet? I think it's going to get published later this week, I believe. Um, where I I listed ten veteran players that might get moved or cut or traded, however you want to determine it, uh, before the season started. And Queen's on that list. And when you look at him last year, he was pretty damn good for Baltimore. He had 117 tackles. He had five sacks as a linebacker. He hit the quarterback 14 times. Uh, He he knocked away six passes. He had two picks. I mean, that's a great year. (laughs) That's a really, really good year for a linebacker going into his fourth season who, out of LSU, was thought to be a very, very good player. Um, No, I think that would be a Philly, no no pun intended, a Philly special. right? I think that would be something that Howie Roseman is great at finding undervalued players and plugging him into their system and then that player flourishes. Um, And you're right. Look, I was surprised that the Ravens didn't pick up Queens' option But when you're paying Roquan Smith hundred million dollars, you know you've kind of invested it in a way that you're not going to pay another linebacker. So, Queen, if you're the Ravens, if you if you got an offer of a third round pick, I think you'd move him. I think you absolutely would move him. I, I you know I think you'd probably even move him for a fourth round pick. Like I think at this point, if you're Baltimore, you might as well get something for him. And I don't you know look they're going to treat this like they're all into a Super Bowl this year. I am not one that believes that Baltimore is a Super Bowl contender. I think they're fine. I think they'll be on the, the hunt for the playoffs, might even very well be a playoff team. I don't know. I mean, are they, are they better than Cincinnati or Kansas City or Buffalo or even Miami or you know, Jacksonville? I, I don't know. Probably not, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think that would be a great pickup for Philadelphia. And this year he's cheap. He's still on his rookie deal. Um, and then after that, you'd have to figure it out. But, yeah, I, I think Queen would be a huge
2: get for the Eagles, and I think that he will be available. So if the price is a third-round draft pick, you're Howie Roseman, you're giving it up or you're going, no, I'll wait till you drop it down to a fourth-round
6: pick? Yeah, I'd probably try to get it
2: there. I'd probably try to get him down into day
6: three, you know, because because you're getting one year of him, you know, and he's not a premium position. So I'd probably be like, look, you don't like the guy enough to – you know, to pick up his option. So, you know, I'd offer him like a fifth, and I'd be willing to go to a fourth. But I, I probably would hold off on giving him a third. Unless okay. unless something happens in camp where, you know, guys get hurt and you're really yeah. desperate, then okay, maybe. I mean, the one thing to factor in Philly, of course, is the pick's always going to be late in the round. So there is that. But I would try to get him for a day three. Pick.
2: What, what's yeah. going to happen in camp is Nicholas Morrow's going to be Nicholas Morrow, and that's why yeah. they're going to need
3: to reach it's out That's um, From Baltimore's perspective, you know, I noticed, I don't want to call it a trend, but you had, I think it was McGarry in, in Atlanta, Josh Jacobs uh, would be the most high profile example, Bradbury in Minnesota, guys, teams declining options, letting them play out and then re-signing the player a little bit more common than it used to be. It used to be when you didn't pick up that option, you were like done with that guy. Done. From Baltimore's perspective, I agree with you. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. The AFC is a murderer's row, but I think they're a really good team. Why not just play out the season with them? As you mentioned, still cost effective. If he plays better, gets better. He leaves, you get a compensatory pick. Why even move him if you're Baltimore? Well,
6: you're, you're right. I mean, look, I think, you know, you could look at it that way and say, if you're the Ravens, maybe you just say, you know what? He is cheap this year. We're going to play this thing out. And then if he walks, we get the compensatory. Now, the other side of that is, is you don't get the compensatory if you sign other players. Yeah, so yeah. then it cancels. Yeah. Um, or is he miserable being there? Does he just not want to be there? I mean, a couple of years ago, Orlando Brown did not want to be there. And they trade him to the Chiefs, which shocked everybody. I mean, they, they sent him over there, and, and now he's on the Bengals. Um, you know, So I, I think it depends. I think for the Ravens, they're probably going to hold out for a price they want, which to Jody's point, maybe they're like, look, the only way we'll trade him is for a day-two pick. It's the only way we're going to do it. And then if you're the Eagles or anybody else, you have a decision to make. Um, and if I'm the Eagles, I probably wouldn't give them that pick. But maybe they would. Maybe they'd say, you know what, we feel like he's a missing piece for us, and it's worth it. I think the the problem with Queen specifically for the Ravens is what I said earlier about Roquan. When you pay a guy hundred million dollars, like let's say that Patrick Queen goes out and has a great year and he's a Pro Bowler and maybe even like second team All Pro conversation, are you going to pay him what the Bears just paid Edmonds? Like, are you going to pay him, let's say nineteen million a year because you know inflation all that? Let's say it's four years and seventy six million. Are you going to pay two linebackers or off ball linebackers? 176 million bucks. You can't. You just paid Lamar Jackson 51 million dollars a year, right? So that's where I think it gets difficult. You know, at some point you've gotta you gotta figure out who you can pay and who you can't. And so you know, I think the Giants right now are kind of going through this with Saquon. Like you just paid Dexter Lawrence, which is fine, he's a great player. You also pay Daniel Jones. Like, are you now also going to turn around and give a running back record setting money? You have to at some point pay a receiver. You got to find a receiver. They paid Galladay. It didn't work out. Like, you're going to have to pay Andrew Thomas a fortunate tackle. That's coming, right? So you've got Leonard Williams and team that you got to pay. He's paid, right? Already, he's already paid. You might pay him again. Like at some point, you've got to decide who you can pay and who you can't. And that's why I kind of go full circle on this. Like with a guy like Hopkins everybody's like, well, the Chiefs make a ton of sense. And they do. Yeah. Chiefs paying a lot of guys. You know, <laughs> it's like, that's hard. It's not easy to just magically pay him $20 million. And Brett Beach has got to go to Clark Hunt and go, Clark, listen, we can fit it under the cap, but, like, you got $20 million under the pillow? Because we're going to need that. And Clark Hunt will like, get lost. I already gave you my budget for the year, and you, you already pushed me three times for more money. <laughs> you know, so it's, I think sometimes – the NFL is a business where people look at the cap and they just go like, oh, that's not a problem. It's like, yeah, but in this case, like with Queen, Steve Bashotti is going to be like, I'm not I'm not paying almost $200 million to two linebackers. There's yeah. no way we're doing that. Yeah. You know, so I think it becomes complicated.
2: All right, Matty, want to jump into a specific position, different one with you. You mentioned Barkley and uh, what are the Giants going to do? They franchise tagged him. Jacob's got the franchise tag in uh, Vegas. Two running backs were taken in the first round, one relatively high, the other one surprisingly high by the Lions. We saw last year in the NFL an uptick of the running game. Not a massive one, but certainly an uptick. More running, more leaning on the run. Teams ran the ball more and ran it more effectively, yards per carry. Same thing this year, another uptick, level off. Was that just a one-year spike and teams are all going to go back to throwing the ball Eighty-five percent of the time. What do you think, oh. uh, league-wide, the trend of running uh, the football with backs is going to be this season? I think it's probably going to keep going up in the sense
6: that you know teams defensively now are just playing to take away the pass. I mean, teams defensively, like you, we all know. Look, the NFL cyclical. Okay, in the fifties, teams were throwing the ball. The Rams were throwing the ball like crazy, and it started this big trend of throwing the ball. And then the sixties, it became this knuckles in the dirt. We're going to run the ball. Play defense, and that was, that kind of went through the seventies, and then all of a sudden you had like you know Bradshaw in seventy eight with the Mel Blunt rule, and so on, and, so on, and like everything Marino in eighty four, and it's cyclical. In the nineties, you ran more. I think what's going to start happening is you are just going to have these teams that sitting too high, and say so you are not throwing the ball. We're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have smaller, quicker, athletic linebackers, and we're gonna use them to play coverage. And our defensive linemen, we're gonna get up the field. I mean, I remember I am thirty four. So in the '90s, I remember guys like Gilbert Brown on the Packers, who were like 300 and God knows what he was listed at, but like 360 pounds, Mm. and all his job was was just to eat a double team and stand there, and like that was it. And you know, you think about even a guy like a Reggie White, of course, a great player, but like a bigger guy. I mean, a bigger man, right off the edge. He would be like a D tackle right now. I mean, look at look at Aaron Donald, who's the best defensive player of his generation. Aaron Donald by weight standards is tiny, yep. but it's all about now. Hey, get up the field, penetrate speed. Don't worry about the runner. You know, Hey, get to the, get to the quarterback. and If the ball carrier happens to be there, try to hit him too. Like, and I think teams are saying, you know what, if you're going to play that small up front and you're going to play your safeties back and your corners can't tackle anyway, because nobody tackles anymore at corner. Very few guys do anyway, because it's all about coverage. We're going to run the ball at you. Because it's, it's effective numbers-wise. And so I, I don't think we're ever going to go back to where, you know, teams are on the ball 40 times a game. But I do think you're going to go back to a little bit more of a balance attack. Now, in the case of Gibbs and Robinson, I was surprised, frankly. I wasn't – well, I was surprised with Gibbs going to Detroit. I wasn't surprised Robinson went to Atlantic because there was a ton of smoke about that. But I don't I don't love the pick, honestly. Like, Algier was there, and he ran for a 1,000 yards as a rookie last year on five yards a clip. I don't get it. Like, if you're the Falcons, you don't have a bigger problem than your running back. And then Arthur Smith says, well, he's going to be like an offensive weapon. We're going to move him all over the field. Let me be the first to say, and if I'm wrong, I'll get all the crow in the world. That never works.
3: Never. It never works, Matt. Because guys
6: need to have a position. They need to know what they're doing. They need to know their role. It's like the Cardinals for a couple of years. We now draft positionless defenders. And you know what those guys are? free agents you know, <laughs> that, like that you can't do that.
3: It drives just, me nuts.
6: Panthers tried to do that with Jack Thompson. And until they finally committed to a position, he, he was not good. Yeah. Like you need to just let a guy be what he is. Bijan Robinson is a running back. If the Falcons start treating him like he's Jerry Rice, it's going to be a problem. I promise you. So I think, I do think we're going to see an uptick in running a little bit because of the way defenses are playing. But I still think, frankly, it's bad business to draft a running back that high unless that guy is just a generational – like, <laughs> hey, look, he's Adrian Peterson in his prime. Or he's Derrick Henry. Okay, fine. But unless he's that, I don't like the pick.
3: You're speaking of the choir. Jody can tell you, Matt. Uh, manufactured touch players. Everybody, that's off season talk. Everybody talks about it. And then other than Kyle Shanahan. And by the way, Christian McCaffrey, who is the best um, receiver out of the backfield, maybe I have ever seen 6.4 times per game. Uh, did he did he line up at receiver? And that was lapping the field. Yet everybody talks about it every year. And we had it through the whole draft process, Matt. We had people, well, you just play B. John Robinson in the slot. No, you don't. You don't do that. You're giving the worst slot cornerback in a league a day off if you're not putting a slot receiver as a slot receiver.
6: And that's the other part of this. Like, let's say the Falcons are playing the Eagles, okay? And they line B. John Robinson up against Darius Slay. Darius Slay's gonna be like, that's nice. Like, go ahead. What you, you're running a full route tree? You're gonna come out it. What, you're gonna run it. You're gonna run a comeback route on me. Like, what, I mean, it's. I I don't think people fully understand the NFL. Like, how incredible the worst guy in the team is. Like, how incredibly talented these guys yeah.
2: are. Yeah.
6: It's an insult to everybody's brains that like, hey, listen, we're gonna trot a running back out and we're gonna turn this guy like. Christian McCaffrey, by the way, terrific player. He was traded by the Panthers because the Panthers were like, you know what? First of all, we're in a rebuild and that's fine. We need to get the picks. But also that contract was kind of a disaster. Yeah. yeah, That contract. Now McCaffrey had a good year last year, but for as great as he is, McCaffrey has been two pro bowls his entire career. It's not as if, I mean, I think sometimes McCaffrey gets treated like he's going to the hall of fame. He's been in two pro bowls. So, Oh, and, and you're right. Like he's the best dual threat of his generation. But how many guys are Marshall Falk? How, I mean, you know, even months. Marshall
3: Falk, by the way, Ladainian Tomlinson.
6: That's why I was going as as they are.
3: As great as they are, they're not receivers. They're they're successful because they're matching up against linebackers and right? the they just smoke them. Yeah. The the minute you put a corner, an NFL corner, on them, they're done. They're yeah. done. So if you signal, oh, he's playing receiver, you lose the matchup advantage. It's simple to me. It drives me crazy. And the only
6: backs who have ever – and maybe I'm forgetting like one guy or something. The only backs who have ever really, really moved the needle on a good to great team in terms of their pass-catching abilities, Roger Craig, Marshall Falk, Tomlinson never won a Super Bowl, but they were good for a long time, so I'll put him on there. I mean, Larry Centers was a great pass-catching back, but, like, never played it. Yeah, yeah,
3: he was a safety valve. Guy. I
6: mean, Ricky Waters could catch the ball, and I don't Philly. I know, you know, for who, for yeah, what, and all who that. Who, for what, like, yeah, yeah. You can't can't be throwing that one out that's, of here, man. Right. I know Philly doesn't fly, but he was a good play. But, like, the point being, it's rare. Like, it's rare that, like, you know, you're just going to throw the ball to your back 90 times, like an Eckler right now, right, who's a guy who, who had over 100 catches last year. But, like, that offense stunk. That offense just flips the ball out three yards a clip. Like, it's rare. It's not – I'm not saying it doesn't help, and it's not nice to have – but, like, if your offense is relying on your running back beating a corner on a slant route, your offense is going to suck. Like, that. That. that's the bottom line, and so I am not big on this whole – like, it's a matchup nightmare. Yes, for you. It's a matchup nightmare <laughs> for you. That is the problem. And, by the way – if you have your if you have your running back out wide and that and the other team blitzes you, who's picking that up? Right. You have a second back yeah. on the field. Then they taking yeah. off another receiver. Like what are you doing? Because yeah. somebody better be home to pick up. Because I don't think Desmond Ritter is going to be able to just pick everything
2: up after his four starts he had last year. That's a real problem. Matty V, always a pleasure. We've already kept you half an hour. No full well. When we call you a month from now, we'll be asking you how the Eagles stall of running backs. And they got a bunch that they got to figure out how to use. We'll be catching the ball out of the backfield or in the slot or not in the slot or not out of the backfield. And who's going to get the ball. Next time we'll talk about Eagle specific running back. Appreciate you coming on Uh, last thing. Uh, you got the article coming up on veterans who could be traded or cut between now June and first, first. yeah, that'll be
6: coming out over at sports. Illustrated this week. I don't know the exact date. It's later in the week. Um, and then we have, uh, we have team previews coming out starting next week, day after day, uh, all the way up till training camp. I'll be writing half those. Uh, my, my colleague, Gilberto Manzano, I'll be writing the rest. Um, we have, a, we have a ton of stuff coming. Out. I've got some pieces coming. Out. I was just in green Bay for three days. Uh, Spent some time with Jordan Love, so I'll have a piece coming out exclusively cool. on him. Uh, that'll be a little bit later on in June. There's a lot. There's a lot. Check it out. Um, follow me on Twitter if you like it. My name, and uh, you'll, you'll you'll see all kinds of thoughts,
2: including on the Knicks when I'm just angry at the Knicks. So uh, (laughs) anything you want there. Nixon Sixers, our squad here in Philly, went down at the same exact time, same round. Uh, Matty, always a a pleasure, bud. Appreciate it. We'll be checking you out on SI.com. And like I said, we'll get you back on in a month and talk about the Eagles running backs. Thanks for doing it today. Thanks, guys. Take care. Matt Verterim, uh, outstanding uh, NFL writer for Sports Illustrated. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac coming back. You know what we got to do? Put a bow on this show.
4: Go, 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 go. Go to Ocean for our fifth birthday. Go for the parties and the payouts. Go for the dining and the unwinding. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the win. Go, go, go,
6: go, go, It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday.
7: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
5: The big story on action news. Search
7: 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
5: Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently.
7: Go first!
0: All right. Did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes. Really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right. Here we go. Let's hear the crowd. Go, <sighs> so Go, to the fake em Mama go. Mama go. She did it.
8: Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
9: Uh huh. これが Greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? Fifty-eight years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondly Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles.
2: Mag and Mac. Putting a wrap on a Tuesday edition of Bird 365. Thank both uh, Matt Verterim and Jeff Kerr for jumping in with us today. All right, so Thursday, you guys are going to get to go down and actually watch the entire Eagle can you call it a practice? Is it a gathering? They're not here. Yeah. It's a
3: practice. OTA practice, practice, baby. Okay. Probably, probably an hour would be my guess. Uh, I'm going 65 minutes.
2: Taskmaster that Nick Sirianni is, I say he goes over an hour by about five minutes. Um, Just one quickie. If, uh, and you're going to ask whatever question you are, and I'm not going down there on Thursday. So, uh, for me to ask you to do this, I wouldn't do it to you, but I'll ask you if you think someone else will. You think anybody asks Lane Johnson, and again, you get a couple of veterans, you don't know who they're going to be, whoever the Eagles so desire to make available to you, you can scream questions at them if they're coming off the field, and maybe they choose to answer or they don't answer. Anybody going to ask Lane Johnson if this is it?
3: Uh, we've already asked Lane that a bunch of times last year. He said, "Now it's not it for him. He's, he said two years, uh, and I'll start thinking about it last year. Um, he has no plans to retire. But, yeah, we'll ask him that. Um, I wish we could scream questions that the says that at the players as they leave the field. We can't at yeah. this stage. You know, back in the old days, they would open the locker room so you could go up to anybody you wanted if right. they were there. Uh, they don't open the locker room to the regular season now covid blah 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 they never changed it back uh so we're at the mercy of who they bring up to the podium uh, but yeah lane lane has lane is very honest uh we've asked him you know and for the first time last year he said you know you start to think about it but i don't think you have to worry about it this year
2: Okay. Glad to hear. I'd love to hear him confirm it <laughs> one more time so we know he got Lane for at least two more years. Uh, kind of a key because I, I don't know if either you or I are on the record. This is it for
3: Kelsey, right? Percentage yeah, hands. I think so. But I said that last year. Um, yeah. But he said that last year. In fact, yeah. Lane <laughs> is the one who told me Jason said that last year. So he's always... Um, Uh, he he can change his mind, but I think why I'm even more convinced this year than last year that this is it for Jason and partially because he's having so much time and I know we got to leave doing the podcast and all that stuff. I, yeah, I think this is it for Jason Kills.
2: That's something we'll be talking about all year long here on birds 365. Thanks for streaming in today. I'll be back here tomorrow. McMone will be back here in tomorrow, correct?
3: Yeah, day to day. Hopefully you get through the, the police yeah, question. You. you know, don't let him in on the other stuff, Jody. Uh,
2: we shall see. Uh, but I'm off to spend my day talking to insurance people and police and everything else. Oh, a lot of fun. Uh, but despite all that, John McMullen, Jody McDonald will be back here tomorrow. I'm Birds 365 in two and two.
1: You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're Talking about it, debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom. All in the Kroger app.